Welcome to the last message of 2019. The last message of the decade, some would say. I don't think the decade ends until next, but I've been hearing a lot of people say this is the end of the decade. So um, it is the last message. Um, If you've missed any of our recent series and you're new here especially, first of all, if you're new here, welcome. I'm glad that you guys chose to join us. It, It means a lot to us that you are considering coming here or that you're even taking a, a, a day to come and just see what's going on here. We think God's doing special things here, so glad to have you here. Uh, if you missed any of our messages, we do podcasts, so you can go back. You can go right to our website, which is discovercommunity.church, and listen to them through there, um, or you can go Google Play or iTunes, whatever you have on your device, and catch them through there. Um, but we just ended up um, with a long series that we did on the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We spent 22 weeks in that, and uh, I hope that you guys got a lot out of it. I, I know that I did. I absolutely loved being able to teach our way through. This message is going to be a little bit different. As you know, we've gone through book by book uh, through, the, uh, through the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, but this week, I think as we get ready to go into 2020, a whole new year, whole new decade, if you want to call it that way, um, I think it's important to look back at not just our lives, but especially this past year on how faithful God has been, how good God has been. So this message is going to be a little bit different than some of them, uh, than the typical format that we do. So bear with me, especially if you're new here. Come again next week and see how we do things a little bit differently as we kick off our next teaching. Um, But this one's going to be about testimony. We're going to give testimonies. There's going to be plenty of time. There is a, a, a little bit of teaching that goes on here. Um, but we're going to give testimonies. So I want you to start thinking right now about how God has been good to you in this last year. Something that he's brought you through. Something that he's taught you or shown you that has changed your life in a good way. Something that he's brought you through. One of the things that I'm especially thankful for when I look back at this year, Gabe and I were just talking about this is the faithfulness of you, the faithfulness of this body, and how your tithes and offerings have allowed us to go forward and do the mission that God gave us a few years ago. That mission to go out and reach out into the community, to make a difference in the community, to to be the hands and feet of God, and to actually make it so that if we weren't here there'd be a hole, there'd be a vacuum in our community. And it's your faithfulness in giving that has allowed that. But that becomes something, since we don't typically talk about giving very much, I know we pray about it every every week, but we don't talk about it a lot. And I do that on purpose because I believe that it's between you and the Lord. Specifically, what you give back to this church, back to the kingdom, is between you and the Lord. So I am going to take a moment and pray about that. But also, in the spirit of testimony, we had a woman, and I want to share this with you. We had a woman, her name is Dot Peterson, many of you know her, who contacted us weeks ago and said, I have an amazing testimony about giving, about giving to the church, about tithing specifically. Um, that I want to share with the people, and if there's ever a time when it's appropriate, I would like to do that. So I said, okay, whenever, whenever there's a good time, we'll, we'll let you do that. Well, coming into this weekend, we knew that we were going to be doing testimonies, bless you. Um, and so we contacted her, and we said, hey, if you want to give that testimony, this would be a great weekend. And she goes, oh, I'd love to, but I'm going to be out of town. 
I have a flight to catch on Saturday, and I'm going to be out of town. Can't do it. Well, all right, well, that's, that's fine. There'll, there'll be another time. But we try to be very sensitive to what the Holy Spirit leads us to do here. And we're going to, as we go into this new year, we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit and the gifts and things like this to really, really expand on how he works in our lives. But one amazing thing that he does is he speaks to us individually and he makes ways for us to accomplish what the Lord wants to be done. And all we have to do is listen and be obedient. And so here's what happened yesterday. I thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll do that testimony another time. Yesterday, we're getting ready for service, and I'm, I'm going over the flow of the service, and Dot Peterson walks in. And she says, I'm here to give my testimony. And we went, we thought you weren't going to be here. I mean, that's cool, but we thought you weren't going to be here. And she says, well, my flight got delayed, and it may be canceled, so I thought, I'm going to go to church and give my testimony. So she came last night, and she gave her testimony, and the minute she finished her testimony, I mean, within a minute of her finishing her testimony, her phone lights up, and it says, your flight's back on, original time, no delay, get to the airport. (laughs) So she stands up and leaves and gets to the airport, catches her flight at the original time, no delay. Here's what that tells me. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, if you know the heart of God, someone last night or someone today needed to hear the testimony that she had to offer. And so because of that, we actually recorded her testimony with a cell phone, and we're going to show it to you here in just a second. Now, I want you to give us grace right up front. It's a cell phone video, okay? It's a a spontaneous cell phone video. She's looking at somebody over here because there's a bunch of youth over there, and she's talking to them. And, and it was a snow night. It was a weird night last night. So there's like seven people in the sanctuary. <laughs> so just know all those things. Listen to what she says. And listen to the heart behind it, okay? It's about a five-minute video, so bear with us. But I think you're going to be blessed by it. Um, okay, well, so I have actually really wanted to give this for a while now. I'm really excited about it. It's something that means a lot to me. Um, Bob and I... Okay, I'm, he's going to hide after I says, we're not exactly that great with money, okay? I don't know what we do with it. And we um, were pretty inspired to do the Crown Ministry um, of Finances. What's that, what's that called? Crown Financial. Yeah. Oh, and if you haven't gotten a chance to go through that, I would highly recommend it. Um, we had gone through that, and for whatever reason, I was really able to just grab onto it. I, I was thirsty for it. I needed it. And specifically, one of the uh, scriptures that we studied in that, in that teaching and really, really um, made, meant a lot to me. I just want to read this if I can't. Well, sorry, kids. <laughs> this will make sense to you someday. Okay. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Would somebody hold it back here for me? Um, okay, so, it, and this is in uh, Malachi 3, and it just I'm just going to start kind of in the middle um, around, um, oh, let's, with, with, uh, let's go to, I don't know, what is this, 8? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. 
try it. Let me prove it to you. And I don't know why, but that just hit me. And, and I don't know, I know there's other instances of it and where they are, I don't know. But God throws down a challenge here. And talking about faithfulness, he is faithful. And if God Almighty says to you, let me prove it, get, get, try me, he is going to deliver because your, your faith in that, I mean, the entire faith in, in God will be tested. He is not going to let you down. And I don't, kids, this, I feel like this is for oh, you kids. If you could hear this now, if I could go back and change things, I would change this. This, this is a principle that will change your entire life. You know, God knows your heart, okay? He, if you only have $5, if that is all you have, you do with that whatever God is telling you to do with that. But I can assure you that if you are faithful with that $5, pretty soon you're going to have 10 Pretty soon you're going to have 20 It will be incremental, but I can guarantee he will do exactly what he said he will do. I will tell you my husband lost his job. We started tithing. It was easy. We had, we had money, okay? Then my husband lost his job. He, at that time, this was 18 years ago, was making $100,000. That's like $2 million in today's dollar. <laughs> but he, he lost his job. And I wasn't making more than I was making, you know, when we had started tithing. And I have no idea how it happened, but we never missed a house payment. We never missed a credit card payment. I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. There's not a math tutor out there that can explain God's math. But he said he would take care of us, and he did. And over the years, things changed. I, I um, was blessed, given a business, the one that I did work hard for, but I didn't, I didn't deserve what I was given, you know what I mean, for the effort that I'd put forth. And then we just got so blessed, we quit going to church, and we quit tithing. And you know what? It didn't take, well, it did take a while because he, you know, was still faithful when we, he was keeping his promise with what he said we would do. The, the problem is, is that we, we weren't giving any, anything for him to protect. And so over a period of time, we ended up, I almost lost my business. This was just up until like two years ago. And money was tied again and it was getting critical. And I prayed and I said, God, if you give us this refinance, I promise you, I will tithe again. And, and we got a refinance that we probably really didn't qualify for, but we got it, and we were faithful with what we said we would do. And I will tell you again, he is filling up that silo. He is, he is preparing. It, when I say wealth, it's not monetary. It's, it's ability. It's ability to participate. You know, like with Angel Tree, when all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I can buy presents for 10 kids. I don't even know. That's awesome. I mean, that feels fantastic. There's a, there, to participate in the things that God is doing, I would, I would give a million dollars for it, right? You know what I mean? But he doesn't require that. But he is asking for you to be faithful with what you have now. And if you are, he promises to take care of you. And I just really want you kids to hear that because your entire financial life can be changed by getting this. 
take care of the church. This, this is home base. This is where we go to fill up. Like if we were cars, you know, no, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. That's true. You know, you don't have to go to a gas station if you're a car. But I will tell you, if you don't, you're going to run out of gas. Guaranteed. So this is where you fill up. So into it. So into it. Bring your friends. You tithe. Take care of it. I'm just going to give the rest of this sermon. Everyone, <laughs> sit down, Bob. I got this. this <laughs> Excuse me, Bob. Anyway, I just, I'm excited to say it. I've, I've been excited to say it. It really is true. And just, if you want to take a step in faith tonight in that box, just maybe put something in there you weren't thinking you could do. And I promise you, you one year from now, you'll be sitting here. I'll even let you have this seat. <laughs> and you can tell what God did with that. With that. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. So thank you. Amen. So if you notice, the elements of of what she's experienced there are she prayed, she heard, and she was faithful. She prayed about a need. She prayed about her situation. She heard an answer to it, and she was faithful to what she heard. And that's all that the Lord ever really asks of us. Ask me. I'll give you direction. You take that direction. I'll bless you. Guys, this is how it works. So we're going to take just a second and we're going to pray over our offering. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you touch our hearts, that you speak to us through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We now have the ability to hear directly from your spirit. And so, Father, speak to us now. Speak to us now and how you want us to participate, how you want us to give back, if and when and how much and all that, Lord. In our end of the bargain, we promise to be faithful to what we hear. So, Father, we love you. And we trust you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's get into the message. That was, I think that was a fantastic testimony um, of how God can answer a prayer and how blessed she was by that. It's not about zeros in your bank account. It's just about the blessing that you get when you're faithful. And we see so much of that. The last series that we went through, the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, was all about being faithful, about persevering, about holding on. And especially holding on, the worse things get, the more you need to hold on. The worse things look around you, the worse the storm on the horizon is, the more you need to hold on and keep doing what you're doing. Persevere is the word that just keeps coming up and up and up in Revelation. And he will bless you through that. It's an assurance that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's an assurance that your story ends well. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your story ends well. We have that assurance. You will be with the Father in heaven, in the new Jerusalem, walking the streets of gold. That all awaits a believer in Jesus Christ, okay? And that's fantastic. That's wonderful. That should give us encouragement. But what about today? What about the trials we're going through today? What about the stuff that is, that is hitting you and just flying from all directions? What about uncertainty about what the future holds job-wise, finances? What about those of us who are going through health issues, those of us who have loved ones going through health issues? We have all these trials that we face today, and we have trials that we're going to face tomorrow. We know we're going to. The Bible itself promises us you're going to face something tomorrow. So as we anticipate this new year, it's always about resolutions and 
I don't do New Year's resolutions because really all it is is I resolve to see how quickly I can feel like a failure in this coming year. <laughs> Oftentimes it's in the first hour of the new year, and I'm like, that's a new record. <laughs> so I don't do those anymore. But I do look ahead to the new year, and I try to pray about it, and I try to anticipate what God's got. So if you're doing that, I want to ask you, as you look forward to the new year, as you look forward to 2020, do you do it with excitement? What's your overriding emotion, your overall emotion as you look forward to 2020? Is it excitement? Is it hope? Is it expectation that God's going to do something? Or... Is it maybe skepticism? Like, uh, I, know, I know what I've been told. I know he's going to bless, but I haven't seen it. Is it skepticism? Is it downright fear? Is it fear or dread about what the next year holds? I can tell you, church, that if it's anything other than excitement, if it's anything other than hope and an expectation that God is going to bless you, then there's a very real possibility the devil is lying to you right now. Because that's where emotions and thoughts like that come from. They come from the devil. Okay? The Lord says, be faithful to what I tell you. Be faithful to me, and I will bless you. Those other thoughts, those other things come from the devil. And the devil wants nothing more than to make you forget how, God, how good God has been to you already. Right? He wants you to think, how many of us can remember the last time God blessed us? Okay. Many of us can. Do you consider waking up in the morning a blessing from God? What about, remember that morning four days ago when you woke up? Remember how great that was? Nobody remembers that. Remember any specifics about the morning, uh, a week from Tuesday, last Tuesday, that you woke up? Remember how good that morning was? We don't remember that. But that's a blessing from God. Every moment that your heart beats, every breath that goes into your lungs is a gift and a blessing from God. But we don't think of it that way because there's so many other blessings. They just blend in. And the enemy certainly does not want you to look at that. Wake up in the morning, pop your eyes open and go, thank you, Lord, for that breath. Unless you're my age or older. (laughs) And then you start doing that. And then you go, thank you that my knees didn't give out when I stepped out of bed. And then we have all these little blessings that we're thankful for as we go along. But the devil wants to take those things away from us, and so we forget. And so a lot of this message is going to be centered around the idea of not forgetting. How do we not forget how good God is to us? If we look all the way back into Moses, think about Moses and the Israelites. Moses led them out of Egypt. Okay? They, they were enslaved for generations. He led them out of Egypt, and he led them into the promised land. But there were so many things that happened along the way. And even then, he had to keep reminding them at every step along the way. And even as they approach the promised land, they get to a point where Moses knows that he's not going to be entering the promised land. And he's going to commission Joshua. He's going to commission Joshua to be the new leader. And he says this to him, Deuteronomy 31.6. 
says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. The them is the enemies that are lined up at their doorstep. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He has to remind them of that again. Now think about what these people had witnessed. Think about what they'd been through. They saw, number one, being enslaved in Egypt. Then they saw the plagues come upon Egypt. Massive plagues, a series of plagues. They saw the Lord taking the firstborn in all of Egypt and passing over the doors of the Israelites. They saw that happen. They saw Pharaoh ultimately letting them go. Not even letting them go, kicking them out, right? Go, please go. They saw that. They saw the parting of the Red Sea to allow them escape to safety. They saw the Red Sea close in on their enemies, ensuring that safety. They saw manna raining from heaven to to give them all the sustenance that they needed for that day. They saw in the midst of a desert when they were were, uh, becoming dried out and dehydrated because they didn't have water. They saw Moses strike a rock with his staff and water come pouring forth, all that they needed. They saw all these series of things happen to prove how faithful God is, and yet at just about every turn, they're like, has he abandoned us? Has he abandoned us yet? Moses knows that he's not always going to be with them, so he gives them that word of encouragement But then he also gives them a song. He gives them a song that we commonly call it the Song of Moses. And I'll talk about why in just a minute. But Deuteronomy 31.30 says, Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel the words of this song until they were complete. Again, the scene is he knows he's not going to be joining them in the promised land. And so he gives them this song. Now, that was 31.30. I want you to read on your own, on your own time, Deuteronomy 32. It goes verses 1 through 43. That is the entire text of the Song of Moses, and it is just a great all the way through. If you were, if you were an Israelite at that time, remember where we were, remember what God did, remember some of the warnings that he gave us, remember his promises. And that song works its way through all of those different things. But it ends up like this. So that Deuteronomy 32 ends with this handful of verses, 45 through 47. When Moses had finished speaking all these words to Israel, he said to them, Take to your heart all the words with which I am warning you today, which you shall command your sons to observe carefully, even all the words of this law. For it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. And by this word, you will prolong your days in the land which you're about to cross the Jordan to possess. Now, you'd be tempted to think that that word, that song, those instructions, that, that exhortation there was just for them and there. Just for there and then. Not necessarily for us now. But you'd be wrong in that. Because this song makes a reappearance. The Song of Moses makes a reappearance where? Those of you who are paying attention in our last series on Revelation, Revelation 15.3. This is the scene in heaven. 
And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty, righteous, and true are your ways, King of the nations. This is in heaven. These are those who had persevered, and they're in heaven. Angels, elders are singing around the throne of God, and they're remembering the song of Moses. Why are they doing that? They're doing that to remember how good God is. God has always been faithful. From the beginning of time, he's been faithful. And that song was given to them to help them remember. Quick sidebar on songs. Who here can remember songs word for word from their high school? Okay. After you hear one bar on the radio and you immediately know every single lyric to that song, right? I know I'm that way. Who has trouble remembering what they had for dinner last night? <laughs> Me. Who can remember their bank account number? But who can remember? There's a few hands, and I, the ones I expected. <laughs> There's always an exception. Who can remember the first song they heard after they gave their life to the Lord? I can. What about the song that was playing during your first kiss? I can. God has designed our memories to tie into emotions and songs to help us remember. In fact, just a quick thing. When we talk about memories, there's two parts to a memory. There's the encoding. If you're a computer guy, that phrase will be familiar, that word. Encoding is when that memory is written into your brain. Okay, Encoding is much more effective when there's emotion and sensory stimulation to go along with it. So if there's a song that gives emotion, if you're in a particularly sad place, in a particularly joyous place, as that memory is placed, you're going to have an easier time recalling it. It's as that, as it is written on your memory, so are all of the sensory perceptions that go along with it. Adding different ways for your mind to basically to access that memory right? That's how it works. The, the recall part of it is when, is when we remember, okay, as these files in our brain basically are pulled out. As we experience situations or emotions or sights or smells that are similar to that situation, when that memory was written, it's easier for us to recall that memory. So we worship we worship so that if you're going through a particular joyous time and you hear a worship song, if you're going through a particularly troubling time and you hear a worship song and you are really thinking of the words, you are encoding that song. The words are the goodness, the grace, the mercy of God. And you're encoding those right alongside this memory or this emotion that you're having, whether it's positive or negative. That way, the next time you have that emotion, the recall of the goodness of God will come to your mind. God designed it that way. He designed our brains to link those things together to help us remember his goodness. Okay, sidebar over. Let's move on. As we sit here today, though, we're bombarded by so many things to to remember. Bless you. Who here has at least... 10 different passwords they need to remember. 
What about 20 or more? Right. It's ridiculous. How many different, pa- how many just have one password that they have to remember? Yeah. Okay, put your hands down quickly before anybody else. There is so much for us to remember in our daily lives, and the enemy is so good at snatching away the miracles, the goodness, and the mercy of God. He will snatch that away every chance that he gets. So no matter where we are today, it's so good to look back at this year and see how good God has been to us. And that's what we're here for. Because if you remember from Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. This is how we overcome the devil. The devil can just lie. We overcome his lies by remembering how good he is. So that's why we're going to do so many testimonies today. Think about your worries. Think about the things that you're worried about and how good God has been to you. I did a search for the top 10 worries. Okay, as we go into this year, the top 10 worries. Number 10, the decline of society. Number 9, death. 8, relationships or marriage. 7, your personal appearance, meaning weight or anything like that. Number six, economy. Five, your job or lack of a job. Number four, responsibilities of family, children. Number three, debt. Number two, health. And number one, uncertainty about tomorrow or the future. I know many of us go like we're putting check marks near every single one of those or many of them. None of us struggle with just one of them. But this one, number one, uncertainty about tomorrow and the future. Uncertainty is something that we all share. So before I go into a little bit on uncertainty, I want to ask, does anybody right now have a testimony that they want to share about something that God has brought them through this year? Over here. All right. Uh, Where's the mic? There it is. Pay attention. Uh, yeah, I'm Raylan, and so a couple, I think it was like no, it's like a month ago, I think, that Pastor Bob baptized me, and I basically regave my life to him. And before that happened, I was um, struggling with um, the way I see myself and not being understood by people. Um, but what was weird was when that happened, when I did that, I went home, and I was driving home, and all of a sudden, I felt different. It was, it was cool, but it was weird at the same time. I'm like, what is going on? I didn't really understand it, but I started listening to, like, um, Christian songs and, like, the ones you hear on Caleb and those ones. And I just started listening to that stuff, and I just decided, you know, every time before I go to bed, I'm going to pray, which is something I'd never done ever because I didn't feel like I really knew him or cared, but like a week ago, I prayed one time, and all of a sudden, I just started crying, and I didn't really understand, and then all of a sudden, I felt him, like I, I knew he was there. I didn't know. I, it was just the coolest feeling ever to know he was there, because I never felt that before, but I, it felt like through everything I'd gone through in my life that he was there, but it just took me a while to see that, so my testimony is basically that even though I was lost, he kind of found me again. Mm-hmm. Amen. Raylan is one of the toughest guys that I have ever known. 
Braylon, off the top of your head, how many surgeries have you been through? And these, these aren't tonsils. These are major surgeries that he's been through. Anybody else have one at the moment? We'll be time for some later. All right. God wants us to forget those things. Raylan, thank you. It's so easy for us to forget in everything that comes our way how good God is. But the word itself encourages us over and over and over again to hang on to God's promises. Remember, remember, remember. Don't forget. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Why does it have to say that? Because what fills up our mind most of the day? Bad things. Negativity. The news. Everything you hear. I love listening to sports radio because I like the sports. I like Broncos. But I have had to quit or 99% cut back on that because it's all, oh, sure, they won, but what about this and what about this? It's like it's, it's almost hurts people to just be positive about something. And I don't know what it is about us that does that, but we so easily forget how good God has been. Now, let's talk about some ways where we can remember. There's one way that is in the Old Testament that I want to talk about here really quick. This is from Samuel. Now, Samuel, it's a long story and a teaching for another day, but Samuel had just had this incredible victory over the Philistines against all odds, and he won. He and the nation of Israel won this, this huge battle, series of battles against the Philistines. And this is his response. 1 Samuel 7.12 says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now the word Ebenezer or Ebenezer or Ebenhazer, as it's more closely pronounced, it means the stone of help. So it's to remember how God has helped you. And he literally sets up this pile of stones here to remember, to commemorate how good God had been so that they didn't forget. Now, this isn't the kind of stone that you fashion into an idol. Back in Leviticus, it talks about not carving a stone and polishing it and making an idol. This is not that. This is just a rough stone, pile of stones, no form or fashion to it just to help us remember how, God, how good God has been. So what we're going to do, we're going to start doing this, and this is going to become, a, at least for this year, a permanent thing that we do. I've got these stones here, and every time somebody does a testimony, I'm going to write their name on the underside of this stone, and we're going to write what it is, the testimony, something to be thankful for on the front of it. Okay? And we're going to start doing that. So we're going to start doing that today. So Raylan, you get the first one today, so I'll take care of that. Now, if a stone like that is a little too cumbersome for you, you want to carry that around with you to remember how good God is, we can do things like journal. You know, we hand out journals. If you're a journaler, fantastic. Keep doing that. If you're not, though, I want to suggest that you start doing that. If you don't own one, Grab one on the door on the way out there. If you can donate five bucks for it, great. If not, just take it. I want you to start journaling how good God is because God is good to us every single day. And I'll bet you at the end of the week, you look back on that week, you might remember one or two of the biggies. 
But do we remember all the ways that God is good to us all throughout the week? Journal those things. That way you can look back. Gabe and I did this last night. She opened her journal, and we're going back through. Remember this? Remember this? It is such a great way to watch that. Another way you can do it is just tell somebody the word of their testimony. God is good to you. Speak it out. Tell someone. Widen that circle. Let me give you a really wild suggestion. Social media. If you found, if you left here and found the best restaurant you'd ever been to in your entire life, the food was amazing, service good, prices good, it was convenient, everything was perfect about this place, how many of your friends would know before the end of the day all about this place? A lot, right? You don't need to raise your hand because I know what the truth is. We share those things because if we loved it, we want other people to love it. If we found it, we want other people to find it. It's just how we do it. But what do we find on social media more often than not? Railing against the negative in our society, in our life. Now, some people's feeds are fantastic, and I love to read those. But some people, I see them, and I go, I'm not up for reading that feed today because I know what's going to be on there. I want to encourage us, what if, as Christians, we bombarded our own social media feeds with positivity and goodness, and look how good God is. Look what he did for me today. Look what I was worried about, and look what he did for me. Let's try that. Let's flood social media with accounts of how good God is. So on that, does anybody else, does anybody have something back in the back there? Where, here we are. Leanne. Um, I have a boulder-sized testimony for this year. So in my mind, I will see a boulder because this will forever just be something that has changed my life, literally. Um, Up until nine months ago, I was really sick. I was in a wheelchair, and I could barely get out. It kind of got to the point where I... I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't walk, I could barely talk. It was really horrible. I don't really like to go back and think about it and linger too long on the details. But the Lord reminds me that that is a reality that I need to face because a lot of us face things that's so terrible that when we get out of it, we don't even want to think back. So maybe you're listening today and you can't relate to somebody who went through health issues, but maybe you have other issues that's really terrible. So whether it's personal relationships or the lack thereof, estranged family or friends, finances, hardships, just anything you go through. I hope that my testimony inspires you today to tell you who our God is. For three years, I was really sick. It, it was The whole journey was 23 years, but for three years, it got really bad. Up until the point, like I said, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't drive for over a year. And I was wrestling with this because a lot of people prayed for me. A lot of people, you know, supported me. But I remember really vividly how hard it is to receive that prayer and be so hopeful. Lord, is this the day you're going to heal me? And then it doesn't happen. So I want you to know that if you're wrestling with that, 
I really get that. But I want to just tell you who our God is and the few things that he pointed out to me. I learned a lot of lessons, and I'm still learning them. But the few things that he pointed out to me is, first of all, there's no recipe for how to pray, how to get healed. We've all heard many different ways of how people get healed. So I'm not going to tell you, because actually I don't know which prayer it was that healed me. I waited for three years to be prayed for and to have the miracle, and I never got that day. I have a period of about two weeks over which I realize the symptoms are less, and I realize I, I think I'm better. And I hesitantly told James, my husband, and he started speaking it out, and he started telling people, Leanne is healed. And that was actually really hard because all of this was so, it, it impacted my life so much. It was even hard to agree with it. I was scared that it wasn't going to last. That's the honest truth of it. So bit by bit, I would just shake my head and say, yes, yes, I'm healed. And it really took months for me to still have my, my mind catch up with the reality of what God has done. So all of that is kind of, you know, the small details. What God has taught me is to seek him above all else. It wasn't about the healing and how he's going to do it and what prayer it is and everything. It was about getting close to him. You see, I, I met someone last year, a missionary, and she told us about how the Holy Spirit is working through her, and she's got all these awesome testimonies. And my spirit came alive, and I said, yes, Lord, that's what I want. I want you to work through me. I want to experience you daily again. And even though I couldn't actually read at the time, and I couldn't really pray, I started just by a little bit, little bit, and one day I just cried out to God and I said, Lord, I can't even pray. Then my body is having like a seizure because I, I can't concentrate that long. And I said, I need you because I want to delve more into your word. And the Lord met me in that. And it got a little bit more and a little bit more. And over time, I, I started learning some new truths. And it got to the point where I really saw what God said to me. He said, I am going to heal you. But I had to start agreeing with his word. And that was really hard. I couldn't listen to music. So maybe before that, you might have seen somebody with these big bulky headphones in here. I came to church a few times and I had to wear the noise-canceling headphones because I could hear everything through them, but I couldn't handle sound. And um, the music was really hard for me. But it was a thing that God set me press into it. So just one of the songs I want to point out is uh, the song, Yes, I Will. It says, I count on one thing. The same God who never fails will not fail me now. In the waiting, the same God who never fails, he's working all things out. It says, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. All of my days, yes, I will. Mm. I started singing songs like, no, not singing. I started listening to them and just 
agreeing with the words, even though everything in my physical being was crying. I was wrestling, I was fighting. It wasn't an easy walk, but I said, yes, Lord, I read in your word that you are always the same. You are the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and I choose to believe that. So I held on to all these truths, and I asked the Lord to reveal a whole lot of new truths to me, and he did. And through all of that, it brought me to a place that is so much closer to him, to really get to know who God is. And that's what I want to encourage you. No matter what you're going through, just ask the Lord to teach you who he really is. And I actually have another testament, if you don't mind. That is so cool that happened. (laughs) So just a couple of weeks ago, um, I was driving, and I'm going to quickly give you a visual. I put in, I was running late from another appointment, and all of this is such a miracle because I started driving, and I can go place, and I can do life and everything. So I'm rushing, and I'm putting the address in the GPS, and it's from here where I live down here. It's up there. Now, it gives me three routes via the 470, and going that way around would be the quickest, and then there's a long way around that. It's a little bit slower, but then the middle part, it's straight up, which should be the shortest, is the longest. And I just felt like I need to take that road, which is the longest. And my son driving with me said, like, Mom, why are you doing that? We, already the GPS shows we're going to be late. And I just felt I need to take this road. And I have that feeling, and I know that maybe God will show me later why. And I, in that moment, I'm still hesitating, and I said, Lord, even if you don't show me why, I have to go with what I believe in my heart, and I believe I need to take this road, so I'm going to. So I'm driving along, and just suddenly, out of the blue, it hits me like 10-pound bricks against my head. You've got the wrong address. You are heading the wrong direction. I clicked on the wrong message with the wrong address. I was going somewhere else, and now I had no idea where I was going. I was already late. And I was just frustrated. And because my mind is still healing from everything it went through, I I don't like stressful situations. So I said, Lord, I'm just going to have to pull off here in the nearest side street because I don't even know where I am and I don't know where I need to go and I'll just reprogram it. So uh, is it not even 100 yards later, I pull off side street, reprogram, just hit go and I go. And it said, where, so I'm going up here, and it's almost at the top, like 10 minutes from my destination. It tells me I've now turned left in, and it tells me turn right. So I turn right, and I backtrack who knows where. And then it says, turn right, then turn right. And I'm like, what? And I turn right, and I miss the, the second right. And then it says, turn right again. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why must I turn right right here? I'm supposed to go somewhere. And then I'm turning into this parking lot, and it says I'm at my destination. And suddenly, it hit me. Right at the very moment that I passed my destination, that the Holy Spirit told me, hey, you're going in the wrong direction. So I was like two minutes early. And (laughs) that was so overwhelming. I, I was in so much shock, because had I taken all of that, the other routes, the faster routes, I would not have been in the right place. 
So it hit me so hard. I was shaking. I was so excited. And I'm telling people, this is like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> and then it hit me, says the person who was miraculously healed this year. <laughs> <laughs> so see the Lord in every little detail. Amen. I bet you have many miracles like that. You just need to start seeing them. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow. I should just say amen and we're just done. But I won't because I have more. No. I'm going to hit this really quickly because I've got one more testimony that's a printed one that I want to be able to share with you. Benjamin Franklin said the only thing certain in this world is death and taxes. Okay? We have more certainties than that. Okay? We can believe that God has always had a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Psalm 139, he says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before any one of them came to be. We have that assurance. There is no uncertainty in the life of someone who follows Christ because he knows the way. He knows your steps. He knows how to get you, like the GPS, he knows how to get you where he needs you to be, whether you know it or not. So have faith. Follow his leading, and he will get you where the best place for you is. And we deserve to praise him for that. I wanted to just quickly, our food pantry. Our food pantry, we talk about uncertainty. People don't even know where their next meal is coming from many times. We have a modest food pantry in there. If you don't know about it, get us after service. We'll talk to you about it. This year, actually from March through November, not even the whole year, we've served 1,754 families. 1,754 families in just a, a modest little pantry. That's because of your faithfulness. That's because of our obedience and God bringing the people here who need it. And there's so many more that we'll go over later. But the bottom line, God deserves our praise. Without a doubt, God deserves our praise. But even more than that, we need to praise. God deserves it. We need to praise. And here's why. We praise him because it gives us peace, comfort, and delight. I'm not going to go over the scriptures here, but I want to share something with you. C.S. Lewis said this quote about praise, specifically about praising God. Listen to this quote. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their others, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that was magnificent? The psalmists in telling everyone to praise God are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It's a point, it is its appointed consummation. It's not out of compliment that lovers keep telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. Our delight in what the Lord does for us and his goodness is incomplete until we express it. 
So I have one last testimony. Bear with me. I'm going to read this. Many of you know a woman, single woman. Her name is Charlie. Her and her wonderful son, Zane, come all the time. Um, and Charlie has been through some stuff. She is still going through some stuff. And she couldn't be here this weekend. But she gave me her testimony. I want to read it to you really quick. If you don't know me or my story, I'll briefly tell you. Nine months ago, my life went from being what I thought was ideal to a daily struggle. A marriage of nearly 15 years discarded, my family broken, and the unknown looming. I was angry with God. It wasn't fair. It isn't fair. I thought I had done everything right. I didn't understand how any of this could ever be okay, and honestly, I still don't. What I have learned and accepted is that this wasn't God's plan either. But his presence through it has been a very real and purposeful. Things are not going well in the worldly part of this for me. It's ugly and exhausting. But God continues to walk with me and show me glimmers or winks, as Weston calls them. I've seen hope come in so many forms, and I knew it's God's way of reminding me that he's in control. And he will continue to make good on the promises he has made to those who trust in him. I am closer to him now than I ever was before, and I feel that alone is enough to endure the trials ahead. He has brought so many amazing people into our lives. I have seen compassion, empathy, love, prayer, and so much more come from loved ones and strangers alike. My son has been able to witness Christ's love in action. During a time of so much uncertainty, he has witnessed unconditional love and kindness. I don't know what's going to happen each day or how this will end for all of us, but I am confident that God will not let us fall as long as we continue to trust in him. I still get angry with him for not simply making it right. I still struggle wanting to know why. But I also know that he's continuing to shape all of this into something amazing. We are so grateful for everyone who continues to lift us up in prayer, who have provided a necessity or even a pleasure for us to enjoy together, who have sat with me and let me pray and cry and who let my son linger with them and make him smile, and those who have reached out in any other way. Thank you so much, Charlie Cross. Church, God is so good to us. The devil wants us to forget. We cannot let him forget. So worship team, you guys go ahead and come on up here. As we go into 2020, what are you praying for? As we serve communion now, now if you're new here, we do communion a couple ways. At the crosses, we have juice and bread and gluten-free crackers, and you can just dip the bread or the cracker in the juice. Serve yourself or your family that way. If you would like to be served, up here we'll be serving, and here we'll have wine and the bread and crackers, the same procedure. You would just line up right here, and we'd be happy to serve you. But as we do this, and as we listen to some worship, Let's think about specifically what we are praying for. Because all these testimonies have in common, I prayed, I prayed for, I asked for. And not only prayed once, in the case of Leanne, she prayed over and over again over the period of years, never giving up, always having faith. We can't give up. We don't pray one time and walk away and go, well, that didn't happen. God is good and God is faithful. What are you praying for? And then... Let's think about what we're looking forward as we take communion in celebration of Jesus. What are we looking forward already to praising him for next year? Thank you, church.
God with us. 